I'm Cy Musiker, and this is the June edition of Curtain Call, a half-hour guide to the best of show in music, theater, and the arts, from Reno to Davis, focused right here on the foothills. And this month, I'm featuring theatrical gold, the Father's Day Bluegrass Festival, the Beatles, yay, and Pride Month, also yay, and summer is almost here. Let the pool party begin. It's in God we trust, but we're looking down. Praying for G-O-L-D. That's the opening song from Gold Can't Love You Back, now playing at the Stonehouse in Nevada City. The show is a brand new musical set in a Gold Rush era town in the Sierra foothills. Can't Love You Back was written by Nevada City locals Ryan Wink, Cosmo Merriweather, Jessica Brugnon, and Sky Seals, all of whom also star in the show. We want people to feel like they're transported back in time. That's Ryan Wink carrying a big-brimmed Stetson hat under his arm during a break from rehearsal. The play, Wink says, is really a melodrama featuring chorus girls with hearts of gold and villains with mustaches and self-sacrificing heroes during the gold rush in the town of Stone Valley, a place kind of like Placerville or Grass Valley. And it's a story of of greed, of love, and what's truly important in life, which is our people, our friends, and our family. Well, and I think about the precedents for this in popular culture, and they aren't uh, happy stories often. Mm -hmm. The treasure of Sierra Madre, Mm -hmm. you know, in which only the old man who doesn't value gold anymore mm-hmm. uh, survives. So uh, how is it built on that? You know, there is some sad elements, but I feel like it's a happy ending. If it was Shakespeare, it would be a comedy. Yes, yes, it is a comedy. It's, it's a dark comedy, but a comedy nonetheless. Mm-hmm. There's some twists I think people will find uh, they'll be pleasantly surprised by. And we certainly have, in current events, a lot to think about about gold and its meaning here in western Nevada County with the discussions about reopening the Rise Gold Mine. What inspired it, honestly, I, I got approached by the owner of the Stonehouse, um, Jonathan Rowe, and he asked if I could head up an immersive experience. Being that the Stonehouse was built in the 1850s during the gold rush, and I thought that would be a good kickoff to any run of immersive shows we would do here. And that's essentially how it started. And tell me about the songs then. Uh... And the songs for me, it was probably the funnest part. I have more experience as a songwriter, so it's a little more of my wheelhouse, but the writing a musical was a whole new venture. And luckily I had a great composer to work with in Sky. We're in a restaurant, Stonehouse is a restaurant, and it's like dinner theater. Yes, it's like dinner theater, but the production's going to be happening in and amongst the people. So we want people to feel like they're in a, a saloon in the gold rush watching this crazy story unfold right, right in front of them, right around their tables. Welcome one and all to Stone Valley, the shining gold pan of the West, and to this here fine establishment, the Hidden Gem Saloon. For those who don't know me yet, I go by the name of Roy Bodine, also known as Judge Bodine, keeper of this house of justice and merriment. And just upstairs, we have the famous foxtail. I dare say that's what really greases the wheels of this 
whole operation. Well, you have just taken the words out of my mustachioed mouth. Folks, this is my tenacious colleague and trusted friend, Miss Madam Fox. Thank you, Judge, and a word of warning to all. Until I see that coin, you best keep your hands to yourselves and your guns unloaded. Oh, we can help y'all with the unloading part. Don't worry about that. So it's a Western in some ways. It is a Western in some ways, but we try to we try to put a new spin on it. Westerns are fun. Just come dress in the Gold Rush era and be a part of it. Come step into 1856 for one night and come have a good time with us. Gold Can't Love You Back features a cast of 17, including musical director Sky Seals and local theater stars Judy Merrick, Carrie McRae, and Laura LeBleu. Gold has just opened at the Stonehouse in Nevada City and runs through June 25th. How often do you get to see someone who is legitimately a living legend? You say the fun is over. Elder statesman of rock and roll, Ringo Starr. Make that Sir Richard Starkey. Uh, here he's offering a little pep talk to the younger generation in a song, World Go Round, from a new EP. And Ringo can still rock at almost 83. I don't know what kind of show he puts on these days, but Ringo Starr wrote or sang the lead on some of the Beatles' most upbeat and funniest songs. Ringo Starr and his all-star band played the Thunder Valley Casino in Lincoln, on June 9th. There's a Beatles cover band performing at Thunder Valley in August, uh, but the real thing has got to be better. And a few days later, another rock and roll icon is nearby. Elvis Costello and the Imposters with the song Farewell OK from 2022. And I can't listen to that without thinking how Costello was a huge fan of the Beatles and, and modeled some of his sound on, on their jangly rock quartet. Even if Costello was always the more angry and sardonic of these Brit rockers. And Elvis Costello and the Imposters play the Silver Legacy Resort in Reno June 11th. He's got a great playlist. I've always been very impressed that Costello is married to jazz goddess Diana Krall, such a power couple, and she's playing Thunder Valley on July 14th. I know you wanted me to stay, but I can't ignore the crazy visions of me in LA. And I heard that there's a special place where boys and girls can all be queens every single day. I'm having wicked dreams of leaving Tennessee in Santa Monica. That's Chapel Roan with Pink Pony Club, just to get you in the mood for Pride Month. And Roan, with that achingly lovely voice, is actually at Goldfields in Sacramento, September 25th. So plan ahead. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, meanwhile, Nevada City Council members Daniela Fernandez and Lou Cece helped doll up downtown yesterday, raising the pride flag at City Hall and mounting more rainbow flags all over town. Cece is also an author, often featuring queer characters in his novels, and he'll be reading from Leave Me Not Alone, his latest, at 425 Broad Street on June the 10th. Cece is a regular in local theater, so he talks good, unlike me. Full disclosure, he's also a friend. And meanwhile, the Sacramento Pride Festival is expecting a few tens of thousands to the Capitol Mall on June 10th and 11th, with Rebecca Black headlining. I can't think about any of the good things about you now. Just all of the ways that you let me down. Got me lashing out, lashing out. It's the way that it's gotta be. What the blame it you so is off of me. Don't know where I got all this apathy. Whole new side of me, side of me. Rebecca Black on the song Let Her Burn. And Glamazon Naomi Smalls is also at Sacramento Pride. She was born in Fresno and raised in Redding. And we love our homegrown California drag queens. And with trans and queer people under attack everywhere, from Uganda to Sarasota, it's a good time to support the LGBT WQIP2SA community. And here in Nevada City on June 11th, KVMR is hosting a fundraiser and brunch to celebrate the legendary David Osborne and Charles Woods. They're the gay couple who did so much to shape modern Nevada City with their founding of KVMR-FM and the Miner's Foundry. That's Sunday, June 11th, a brunch to celebrate Charles Woods and David Osborne at 1030 at the Miner's Foundry. Hi, folks. Hi, Mrs. Vera. Welcome to my show. And a week later, June 18th, the Onyx presents a fundraiser for Nevada County Pride, with a showing of the unabridged Mrs. Vera's Daybook, a documentary about two artists in San Francisco and their crusade to bring joy and truly weird clowning to the LGBTQIA community during the worst of the AIDS epidemic. And right here, I had planned to talk about the Deer Creek Music Festival at Pioneer Park on June 10th, but the Miners Foundry, the festival sponsor, has rescheduled the event due to, quote, unforeseen circumstances we hope it returns. You hurried downstairs and turned off the electricity, got the rope from the open cupboard, and throttled Yvette. You were and now a favorite moment from a very, very silly movie. Yes. Yes, I did it. I killed Yvette. I hated her so much. It, it, the, it, flame, flames, flames on the side of my face. That's the late Madeleine Kahn as Mrs. White, one of the many suspects in the movie Clue from 1985. And this mystery comedy, based on the board game, is also a play, and Lyric Rose Theater is staging Clue this month in all its goofy, campy glory. Catch the Murderer at the Nevada Theater as Lyric Rose Theater stages Clue. That's June 3rd through the 18th. Rhonda Vincent with the song False Hearted Love. And she's one of the headliners at the Father's Day Bluegrass Festival, the ambitious and brilliant event staged by the California Bluegrass Association every year, starting back in 1976 and still at the Nevada County Fairgrounds. We wanted a preview, so we called Pete Luday, the association's chairman. Luday says the timing of the festival over the Father's Day weekend 
is a happy accident from that first year. And somehow it just kind of stuck. And many fathers have grown up with their kids using this as a uh, annual tradition. Right. I know Molly Tuttle, one of the headliner bands this year, uh, writes about coming up here from the Bay Area uh, when she was 10 years old uh, and just being enchanted by the great music. And now, of course, she she headlines in a couple nights. That's exactly right. We're very excited about it. Um, you know, Molly was a fixture at the festival for many years, first as one of our kids on bluegrass. We have a great youth program. And then she helped out as instructors at music camp and uh, uh, performers in various small bands. And now here she's coming back as a Grammy Award winner. It's for, very proud of her. Late one night, the river so bright, I was bathing in the pale moonlight. Didn't see no one looking around, pulled out ribbon, let my ringlets down. We grew up down the every day I was so tall till we were 16 in a year he towered over me thought he was a friend indeed but a woman can't trust a man in the need down on the muddy banks where the roses grow the river so uh, what is distinctive about California bluegrass California brings a certain flavor to the bluegrass music. It's very much rooted in the Dust Bowl uh, folks coming out from Oklahoma and from Appalachia uh, into the Central Valley. And um, there's some very influential musicians like Vern Williams, Ray Park, Rose Maddox, that really kind of formulated this California sound back in the 1950s. But it's very much assimilated. So when you go to the festival, you're gonna be hearing music from all over the country, music of influences modern and traditional and back and forth. So um, we're just sort of keeping it alive here in California. But yeah. we think the festival experience itself is rather distinct with our festival. Well, and who would you say on the on the bill this year most honors that Oki sound? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Well, we have some uh, old time favorites. Uh, Alison DeGroote and Tatiana Hargraves bring some of the real string band music to it. We have Mile 12 is a traditional band for back east. Uh, Rhonda Vincent is like the traditional Nashville bluegrass sound. All I have now is an old memory and a brand new heartache that won't let me be. You'll go out tonight. It has been this big effort by uh, many black musicians to reclaim bluegrass as a music with roots in black culture. Yeah, no, that's a, a very good point. Jake Blount brings a lot of tradition. Uh, he, he's bringing some of the black string band tradition that, you know, many people don't realize that uh, originally the banjo was invented in Africa and some of the best fiddle and banjo players were African-Americans in the South back before the uh, record companies took it over. So we're trying to carry forward that tradition. Children, oh yes, didn't it? You know, did didn't it? Oh, mellow, didn't it rain? Well, it rained for the days, it rained for the nights. Was no land nowhere in sight. God sent the raven to spread the news, hoist his wings, and away he flew to the east, to the west, north, to the south. All day, all night, how it rained, how it rained. Oh. 
bluegrass is really an amalgam of different types of music that came together. Some people think of it as a traditional American music, but it came from Scottish and Ireland roots. It came very much from the blues tradition, and it came from the um, string band touring tradition that kind of evolved in uh, Appalachia and the South. And we're trying to preserve that as part of the overall flavor here. So no, this is not something that's commercial out of Nashville, and it's not something that's just out of the white suburbs of Kentucky. It really is a very um, community-based music. All kinds of people have enjoyed it. And one of the wonderful things about bluegrass is that you bring all these people with different perspectives and they live in different places and different economic brackets, and they could all get together around one thing they all really love together, which is this traditional music. There's a lot to love. Molly Tuttle, Rhonda Vincent, Jake Blunt, Alison DeGroote, and Tatiana Hargraves, and many, many more play at the Father's Day Bluegrass Festival June 15th through 18th, along with lots of youth camps and workshops, and it's all at the beautiful Nevada County Fairgrounds. June is just so full of amazing stuff, including a chance to hear this chamber trio. Brand spanking new composition for clarinet, violin, and cello, played so far only by this software. The composer is Luca Lamarca, a senior at Gadotti High School. He's one of the 11 local teens studying music writing. It's basically a college-level course sponsored by In Concert Sierra and taught by composer Mark Vance. To put it simply, is to understand what the rudiments are, why it's done that way, how these things work together, harmonies, rhythms, melodies, and to be able to notate those things. So it's not just some sort of verbal communication. It's, it's written so that anybody who reads music can. For this concert, Vance asked his young composers to write something inspired by the play The Great Leap, staged by the Community Asian Theater of the Sierra. It's a show we talked about here just a few months ago, and Lamarca says he was inspired by the rehearsal process where the actors call out for their next line of dialogue. The idea is that the musicians will, I guess, quote-unquote, forget their lines and stop what they're playing and then ask the other musicians what they should play next, and they'll tell them by playing it, and then they'll keep going. And so there's quite a few seemingly random stop-start parts in the music that will make sense in the actual performance. people your age have a rock band you write pop songs three or four chords what was it uh, that inspired you that made you feel you wanted to tell that those kinds of musical stories I have been playing more pop music with my dad and my brother which is fun but I think that a lot of my music education so far has been in the realm of classical and jazz music which helps me learn more about how music actually works 
I hope to become a film score composer. That's kind of my general goal. Favorite pop musical writer, uh, rock and roll or, or pop music? Uh, Regina Spector oh, yeah. is my favorite. How about classical music composer? If you count film score composers, then John Williams, I suppose, is my is my favorite. Although I do really like this guy, Ramin Jawadi. He's the guy who wrote the music for Game of Thrones, and he's done a lot of other television and, and film music, which I really enjoy. So you must be hearing music, Mark, that they're creating oh, yeah. that makes you excited. Oh, yeah, many times. I think that for some reason, there are not classes like this for this age demographic. And when I was this age, uh, which was just yesterday, I was always writing things down and taking to my piano teacher or to my vocal teacher or to my clarinet teacher. You know, what do you think about this? Could we play through this? And they were very supportive and kind. But I would have given my right arm, uh, right leg and right arm, to, to have had this opportunity when I was that age because... This is what I wanted to do from an early age. It was right. And I think there's a tendency to think that students this age are nothing but a bundle of hormones. And that probably is true in most cases, but also they're much more capable and talented than we give them credit for. And so when they get presented with this opportunity and a little encouragement, they're able to create very impressive works. Mark Vance has been teaching these classes for about 20 years, and you can hear how much he loves doing it. A quintet of live human beings will be playing 11 brand new pieces, world premieres by Luca LaMarca and his classmates, Jackson, Frederick, Henry, Twee, Baraka, Sophia, Malachi, Asher, Ari, and Jamie on June 15th at the Peace Lutheran Church. Oh, did I say way too much culture this month? Our moniker is kind of like independent international cinema. Jesse Locks is executive director for the Nevada City Film Festival, bringing dozens of films, short and feature length, to theaters in Nevada City. And if Cannes features big yachts and big movies and the beautiful people and Sundance celebrates indie movies, I asked Locks, what is it that's distinctive about Nevada City's film festival? We have been called the Sundance of the Sierras, but unlike Cannes or Sundance, the Nevada City Film Festival just has more of like, what you call like a hometown vibe, maybe, you know, we're nestled in the Sierras, we have this beautiful mountain town backdrop, and we don't have to worry so much about like a red carpet and film sales. It's less of the commercial aspect of film that we do, you know, we are kind of known for launching filmmakers' careers and supporting emerging filmmakers, but I think it's less about the kind of pomp and circumstance that surrounds some of those bigger festivals, and we can really focus on creativity and inspiration. You just throw pine boughs at everybody. Yeah. They, they feel welcome. <laughs> you hit on something, though, is like this welcoming atmosphere. That's feedback that we get from filmmakers, you know, is that they feel welcome here and, you know, find other people to work on their next films with. This year, there are a lot of shorts, and how do you pick all these films? Oh, gosh. It's such a puzzle. My guiding light this year, and every programmer is different. It's kind of like an art form in and of itself. So my guiding light was really trying to find films that were really inspiring and uplifting, creating programs that you could watch all together, that you left feeling a sense of like connection with the people in the film or connection with humanity after you watch it. Hope. Hope. 
Yeah, I mean, things are tough. I mean, not that one year is tougher than another. I don't know. Things have felt kind of hard, you know. So I think the ability to go sit in a theater with other people and feel connection and empathy, kind of like those warm fuzzies, and you leave the theater feeling a little bit more connected to people than you did going in. That's kind of what I was looking for in the films this year. A couple of films really struck me, and one of them, The Basics of Love, Mm -hmm. which is an 18-minute short about two sanitation workers caught in a robbery. There's just this one scene in the trailer, and two people sitting down for a Chinese meal. It's New Year's Eve, and they've been rescued. And what was it that connected you to that film? Filmmaking at its best, I think, has this ability to, like, portray really complex emotions without having to spell it out for people instead of being like I feel sad you know it's how do the actors on screen and how does everything work together to create an emotional palette for people to experience and connect with and be like I've been there and I thought that film was unique I mean we you see a million love stories and tv and movies and so trying to find something a little bit unique about it and kind of subtle in the way that their relationship evolves over that such short period of time so that's kind of what drew me to that film and uh, tell me about another short something that really grabbed you you just can't wait to show it to everybody it's like trying to pick your favorite pet or your favorite house plant or baby or whatever (laughs) Um, but personally one film that really stuck out to me a short film is called Ice Merchants it's a Portuguese animator such a beautiful animation style, hand-drawn illustration with beautiful music, and it's uh, a father and son who live up on a mountainside, and they they take the ice from the mountain and bring it down to the village below by, like, skydiving from the mountain down, and it's also about grief and loss and family. One of the things about running a film festival these days is you have to contend with the fact that People don't even want to go to a movie theater. We're all streaming movies online. So how do you get people to come for this very special event? Film festivals offer something really unique, even to just your regular movie viewing experience, in the sense that these are films that you're not going to likely see on your streaming platform. If you want to see them, you're going to have to come to Nevada City Film Festival. Like, human beings have come together to put this together specifically for our community. The Nevada City Film Festival used to be in August, but fire season has disrupted too many events. So this year, the festival runs June 23rd through 25th, with dozens of shorts and features, including The Basics of Love and The Ice Merchants, with screenings at the Onyx and the Nevada Theater. Sometimes people Halfway through the wood Others may deceive you We can't end the show this month without noting the passing of a few great names. Ken Getz died in his sleep on May the 1st. But no one is alone Ken Getz was the co-founder and music director for Sierra Stages until he and his longtime partner and Sierra Stages co-founder, Peter Mason, moved up to Washington State at the end of last year. 
And Getz was a champion of small-town community theater where everyone works their butts off, not for money, but just to put on a good show, uh, as he did with Into the Woods, Sweeney Todd, Cabaret, and so many others. We talked to Getz just a few months ago about his legacy. We accomplished, I think, creating a place where actors and musicians could practice their craft in front of an audience, giving people opportunities to do that. And if audiences enjoyed what they saw, so much the better. But I really saw it as a way to give other performers a chance and a place to do a good musical theater. It gave actors a chance to do that. No one is alone. Sierra Stages is planning a memorial event for the late can get sometime soon. And that's it for me tonight. Hope you're enjoying the good weather and supporting live performance wherever you're listening. I'm Cy Musiker, and this is Curtain Call, coming to you from KVMR-FM, Nevada City. Step right up, step right up. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get your tickets today. As part of our birthday brunch on June 11th, KVMR is selling raffle tickets for five fabulous baskets of local gift cards and merchandise. Bid on the Beyond Borders basket and win a global dining tour worth hundreds of dollars at Meze Eatery, Diego's Restaurant, Panoy Bistro, Sopa Thai, the Onyx Theater, Spirit House, even $100 at El Barrio Mexican Market. Brunch and raffle tickets are available at the KVMR studio Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at 120 Bridge Street in downtown Nevada City. The drawing will take place at KVMR's birthday brunch on June 11th at 1.30 p.m. at the Miner's Foundry. Winner need not be present to win. 